good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Trucker's Podcast. Sunday morning show on November the 22nd. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. So come out and join me. Pull up a chair, sit on a sofa, grab your coffee, and grab your tea. morning ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the truckers podcast at 9 a.m sunday morning so let's get those thank yous out there to all of our essential workers and our frontline workers our doctors and our nurses and our paramedics and our police in the fire department I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And also thank you to my listeners and my guests and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. Well, I hope everybody's had a uh, terrific weekend so far. As we're, uh, you know, another eight more days, really a week before we're out of the month of November. It's a snowy morning here in Southern Ontario, in the city of London, uh, where I reside. And uh, yeah, I hope it doesn't uh, go all day like this. I'm not much of a winter person, but it's uh, quite the change in the forecast in the last couple of days. Didn't expect this when I woke up this morning. So, you know, I wanted to talk to you about, um, we are not even at the peak as the second wave grows and we have pandemic burnout. Now this is uh, an article uh, about a doctor who works at the Edmonton's Royal Alexander Hospital. She's working with COVID patients. Dr. Nija was near the end of a particularly grueling day in the COVID-19 unit at the Edmonton Royal Alexandra Hospital 
her nose her nose rubbed raw from repeatedly adjusting the many different N95 masks she's doomed to deal with patients when bad started getting much worse. Talks about we had patients crashing very, very early in the morning who require quick ICU care. As the day went on, patients were crashing on the ward, some not quite needing ICU care, but needing escalating nursing care, escalating respiratory therapy care. You know, this is why, you know, we need to get this message out there. And these people out there that think that this this pandemic is just a crock, you know, you really need to give your head a shake. You know, I come out on my shows and, and I get those thank yous out there to our frontline workers who are putting their lives on the line every single day. Whether they're a doctor or a nurse or a paramedic, or the police or the fire department. And the ones that are working firsthand on it in the hospitals are our doctors and our nurses. They're the real heroes here. They get up every day and they go in on their shifts and they know what they are up against. And yet they continue to march forward and they go into their jobs. They put on their PPE. And they continue to offer the care that they can give you. You know, like I said before, doctors and nurses, they don't have magic potions. They don't have magic words. They don't have magic wands to make all this go away. And yet somehow, somewhere, you know, people are contracting this virus. How they're getting it, I don't know. You know, she's talking about how, how she helped set up the hospital's COVID unit in the spring. Now, she and other medical staff working nine to 10 hour shifts are seeing patients who are sicker than they were in the spring, whose health is deteriorating more rapidly, who need more intensive intervention. You know, I like to, to uh, dress up these anti-maskers and these people that think there's a hoax, a, a, a hoax and put you in all this PPE and march you into these emergency rooms and march you into these hospitals and to see firsthand cases of people suffering from COVID-19 because you idiots out there just don't get the message. 
And I'm just so sick and tired of the anti-BS that goes on. You need to give your little pea head brains a shake. COVID fatigue, she said, is weighing heavily on the hospital staff who are the first, sometimes the final line between recovery and death. The consequences of mistakes are quite dire. She talks about, you know, we're not quite as fresh as we were back in March. And I think that's one of the things that come up really well in the last couple of weeks, at least in Edmonton, is that, you know, we need to check in with each other. Physicians, nurses, respiratory therapists, all healthcare workers, because we know that when you get fatigued, that's when mistakes can happen. And so we certainly don't want that to be happening. Welcome to the Truckers Podcast. I am your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. I'm out here talking about um, we haven't even reached the peak of the second wave. And, you know, the pandemic burnout. Nice to meet you, too. So this nurse or doctor who works at an Edmonton hospital here in Canada, she's talking about her days of working in the trauma unit with COVID-19 patients. And that when fatigue starts to set in, the consequences of mistakes are quite dire. Now you look at the you look at the the uh, the pressure that you know we are putting on our on our doctors and our nurses. Looking at the United States, you're just overwhelming the hospital. For what? You have over 12 million cases in the United States. You have over 252,000 people dead. You have 1,000 people dying every single day from COVID-19 in the United States. You have a president of the United States that doesn't give a shit. Here in Canada, yes, we are in a second wave. Yes, we are seeing a surge in cases. Why is that? We have the city of Toronto in a lockdown. We have the Peel region in a lockdown. 
but that doesn't stop them from traveling to other areas to go shopping and do eating restaurants and do what they want. And I say to our Premier of Ontario, if you're going to lock down, just lock down the whole goddamn province. Because just locking down one city and walking down, locking down one area does not stop anybody from going to any place else. And then, you know, every time I come out here on my show, you know, I get those thank yous out there. And the first people that I thank is all our essential workers. And then our doctors and our nurses and our paramedics and our police and our fire departments for the job that they do every single day. They put their, they are putting their lives on the line every single day. And it's like, you know, we, we, we think that these doctors and nurses are just miracle workers. When in fact, they're not, they're human beings. They're the ones that see these people. They're the ones that care for these people that are in the hospital with COVID-19. And not just for that, but for other diseases and everything else. And yet, we just think we can just overload the hospital, it's going to be okay. No, it's not going to be okay. You know, it's pretty sad in some parts of the United States that they have to have um, uh, makeshift morgues. They have to have the refrigerated trailers parked on the property to put the bodies in because the old because there's a thousand people are dying every single day in cities and in towns and villages all over the United States. You're gonna hit the two hundred thousand mark daily cases really soon. You have your Thanksgiving coming up next week. And yet people still want to travel. I don't know where your head is at. I really do not know. So this, this, this doctor, she's talking about what is going on in the hospitals. In this particular hospital in Edmonton, on. In, in Edmonton, Canada. She says the consequences of mistakes are quite dire. So she says that, you know, we need to check in with each other. Physicians, nurses, respiratory therapists, all healthcare workers because we know that when you get fatigued, that's when mistakes can happen. And so we certainly don't want that to be happening. The consequences of mistakes happening are quite dire. We certainly don't want outbreaks. 
We don't want people and healthcare workers to be contracting COVID themselves. Here in the city of London where I live, we've had doctors and nurses and other staff members in hospitals contract COVID-19. Now they may have contracted in the hospital, they, they may have contracted it outside of the workplace and unknowingly brought it in to the hospital setting. I was reading an article last week that, you know, top specialists here in Canada and around the world, you know, they say, well, we're, 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 we're unsure how people are, are, are contracting the virus. Or where they're contracting. That's why it's so important to be um, pro-efficient on contact tracing. I mean, we must remember where we last were, what we did two days ago, what we did last week. I know what I did last week. I know where I was last week. I can backstep my steps and, and remember where I was. Contact tracing is another tool that we can be using. It takes a minute. It takes a minute to when you go into a restaurant for the staff to ask you your name and your telephone number. I've heard people say, well, why do you need that? Well, just in case, just in case you have come in contact with somebody with COVID-19 in this establishment, just in case that somebody was ill when they entered that establishment. And you were there at that day in time. So, she goes on to say, the COVID-19 caseloads are spiking right across the country. A situation that saw our Prime Minister Justin Trudeau on Friday holding his first media briefing outside the, the uh, uh, Rideau Cottage since the first wave of, of the various embedded in the summer. Each new case of COVID-19, every extra week that goes on with more cases, puts added pressure on our frontline workers and our healthcare system workers, the Prime Minister said. So where does all of this responsibility lie? It relies on all of us.
How many times have you heard on the news or people say, wear a mask, social distance, sanitize your hands, don't gather in large groups. How many times have you heard this day in and day out? Children follow instructions better than adults do. We're supposed to be the responsible ones. Our doctors, nurses, personal support workers, orderlies, hospital staff, They've been on the front lines for almost 10 months now, putting incredibly long hours. They have been heroes. They have been going above and beyond anything they might have thought they were signing up for. We need to help them. We need to give them a break. We need to stop this spike in cases. And how do we do that, ladies and gentlemen? By following the rules. How about going above and beyond? You know, sometimes I come out here and I sound like a broken record. I'm sitting here in my little studio behind a microphone, headphones, and I'm asking you, please do the right thing. I know the American Thanksgiving is coming up next week. And I know you wanna be with your family. But there's nothing wrong with just being with the people in your household and nobody else. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure other family members are going to understand that. There will be a time and place when that can happen. But now is not the time. I even said this when we had our Thanksgiving back in early October here in Canada. Now is not the time for huge family gatherings. And what is coming after Thanksgiving? Christmas. The time to travel and the time for big family gatherings, this is not the time. We need to give our doctors and our healthcare professionals a break. The surges going on across Canada, you know, is disheartening. And it's shameful that we could be doing much better. 
I'm sorry things got out of control in the United States and other countries. But whose fault is that? You have Donald Trump that had done absolutely nothing except for downplay the pandemic, calling it names like the Kung Flu. Oh, this will go away when the warm weather comes. And yet here we are, and there you are. In the worst health crisis in your nation in history. In our time, in this time, not the Spanish flu time, this era. And that's why it's so important not only to follow the mandated rules, but it's also important this is the time of year that is necessary to get a flu shot. All the people that end up in the emergency room over the flu, when the flu shot's available, then you over overrun the hospitals, over overrun the emergency wards. And you times that by two with the COVID-19. Alberta, Canada is experiencing one of the worst impacts in Canada's second wave. You know, and I'm really surprised with Alberta too because you know <laughs> I mean they're not even mandating the mask wearing and it's just absolutely ridiculous I don't know what the, the premier of Alberta is even thinking And here in Ontario, like I said, the city of Toronto. Now the city of Toronto, and then you have the metropolitan area. So you would have, you know, uh, Mississauga, you'd have uh, North York, you would have uh, Brampton, you'll have Concord, you'll have Scarborough. These are all the metropolitan areas of Toronto, but just the city of Toronto itself has over 2 million people. And that city is on lockdown. But it doesn't stop them from traveling to other regions around Toronto to go out to the restaurants and shopping. Ontario has the second highest cases in the entire country. Quebec has the most cases in the entire country. We have what you call now a color-coded system from green protect to yellow protect, to orange protect, to red protect. And the next step is shutdown. 
We have other regions here in Ontario who are in that red, red protect and potentially looking at a shutdown. Now our Premier of Ontario, he's out on, uh, on the news every single day. He stands behind that microphone and he pleads with Ontarians to do the right thing. And he says, I do not want to shut down. Help me not to shut down. Starting tomorrow, Monday, is when Toronto will go on into the shutdown and the Peel region into shutdown. At 12.01 a.m., Our premier of this province was always out there pleading with us to do the right thing. And yet here we are. The province reported a single day high of 1,105 new cases on Thursday. Almost half of all the province's active cases are in the Edmonton area. Edmonton, Alberta. The Premier Jason Kenney last week ordered new restrictions that will go in place until next weekend. He's suspending indoor group business programs and team sports and reducing the hours of bars and restaurants that can remain open. We're already doing that here in the City of London. Long before he's doing that. He since warned that the more measures could follow, but he resisted a call from a group of 70 doctors to impose a province-wide lockdown to protect acute care systems from being overwhelmed. Our premier here in Ontario is basically trying to prevent a, a whole province lockdown. I will not rule that out. It's a real possibility that could happen here in the province of Ontario. The largest province, all of Canada. You know, he's he's resisted to he's resisted a, a call from the group of 70 doctors to impose a province-wide lockdown. Well, I guess maybe doctors don't know what they're talking about anymore. When you hear the alarm sound, that means there's something wrong. When doctors are raising the alarm, there must be something wrong. An unsustainable trend. Doctors said the number of cases and the number of people requiring hospitalization at the Royal Alexander can't be sustained. She's worried 
that the intensive care unit at her hospital will be overwhelmed and more medical staff will be infected. She says, we're not at the peak yet, she said. What is going to look like for the next few months and how do we make sure that collectively we've got the best people on the job and the people that are not burning out? I don't know what people when you look at doctors and nurses, I don't, I don't know what you, what you see them for, what you see them as. I see them as human beings. I don't look at, at them as though they're a miracle worker, or that they have magic potions, or they have magic wands or they have magic words. They work with what they have with science, their education. These people are not miracle workers. And yet when we get sick, who do we run to? Doctors and nurses. Welcome to the Truckers Podcast. I was here talking about that um, we're not even at the second peak of the second wave. And talking about the pandemic burnout, we're talking about doctors and nurses working in the hospitals all around this country of Canada who are trying to cope every single day and that fatigue and burnout sets in because of the pressures that we put on our healthcare system. And not only with this pandemic, the flu season. The unnecessary visits to the emergency department during the flu season when there is a vaccine available for the flu. And now this, COVID-19. She goes on to say, but Alberta's hospitals aren't the only institutions finding it more difficult to cope with COVID-19 cases. Long-term long -term care centers are too, and they seem to be the hardest hit the most. Long-term care centers, nursing homes, retirement homes. And when people work in those environments, it is so critical 
that they follow the mandated rules and they take care of themselves. And yet, we have outbreaks in these facilities. Maybe visitors coming in. More than 30 residents at the Edmonton General Continuing Care Center have died and at least 60 staff members are currently infected. It's having an impact on the level of care for his 82-year-old mother received. He wants our premier, he wants the premier to act. And yet, he doesn't want he doesn't want to listen to 70 doctors, the premier of Alberta. He says I would I would have a message for the premier Kenny to quit dilly dallying around. Let's do a hard lockdown for two to three weeks. Make sure the curve gets flattened and then but slowly start to reopen again. Not open the floodgates like he did in the summertime. Now the federal NDP leader here in Ontario said Friday that it's an inexcusable that long-term care home centers are still among the worst sources of infection. It's inexcusable. You better believe it's inexcusable. He talks about the liberals promised in September in, in September's throne speech to work with the provinces and territories to establish a national standards for long care for the long care homes. And I put the blame clearly on governments, specifically the liberal government. Well, I don't know about that because here in, in Canada, um, we have what you call um, uh, what's the name I'm thinking for it? Um, see, the liberal the liberal government doesn't have four reigns of the country. We have an, what we call a minority government. That means bills and laws can't be passed without the other party's vote. So it's all government. You just can't blame one one party. for the lack of whatever, when you have a minority government. Not a majority, it's a minority. So I really disagree with this portion of this article.
So, ladies and gentlemen, it's so, so important to get on board, to get on board with the mandated rules in your country. I mean, these are the only tools that we have to fight is a mask. Stay six feet apart. Sanitize your hand. Don't gather in large groups. That's all we have. And when the vaccines become available, think of the logistics of this. To get these vaccines out worldwide. And to, and to vaccinate the population of the world. Think how long that is going to take. and possibly two doses. So in the meantime, do as we're asked to do. Help yourself, help others. Protect yourself, protect others especially the most vulnerable people who are living in nursing homes and retirement. It may be your grandparents, it may be your parents. Help protect these people. You know, you know, for all the people out there that are doing the right things and stuff like that, I mean, we can sit here and we can, we can talk to her blue in the face. But you know there's going to be people out there who are just simply just going to not do it. You know, we can find these people, make them pay a thousand dollar fine. Maybe that'll send the message, especially when you don't have a thousand dollars to spend. If you don't want to see here in Canada, if you don't want to see a, a province wide lockdown, or just city lockdown, then start doing what you're asked to do. Or you don't wanna see an entire country lockdown, like we did back in the springtime.
The only way this is going to work, ladies and gentlemen, is that we're all on board with it. Put your differences aside. Get in line. We're supposed to be the grown-ups. We're supposed to be the examples. And we're supposed to have our children follow the rules. We expect our children to follow the rules, right? We have rules in our household. Children are to follow the rules. You made the rules. Children follow the rules better than, than some adults do. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining me here this morning. I want to get those thank yous out there. to everybody who is doing their part. And a thank you to our essential workers and our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses, and our paramedics and our police and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. I thank you to my listeners and my guests and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we will rock out the rest of the Truckers Podcast. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me this morning. Please join me tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. on the Truckers Podcast, Monday morning show, Coffee with You. where we always social distance.